Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Lance's House of Sports. Don't forget to rate the podcast, share it with a friend, and tune in weekly for weekly podcasts. I want to start by talking about Ohio State Notre Dame this week. It's finally here. It's finally here. I got to reiterate. I've been waiting for this week as an Ohio State fan since last week when we missed the field goal to lose to Georgia. I'm still heartbroken about it, but now we got a competitive game traveling to South Bend to take on Notre Dame, a team that has looked promising. I mean, they've had they've some, looked really good. They've had some flashes, I'll say that. Absolutely. Um, and we're going into the game as three point favorites. <sighs> Sam Hartman, I don't know if you guys are all sold on him, but I'm a little nervous going into that game. I am and, too. I'm sold on Hartman. Trust me. And I really liked what I saw from the Buckeyes last week, um, from both sides, honestly. Um, our defense is doing what we need to do. Cal McCord, he's he's gr- he's growing slowly but surely as I've been wanting from him. And I mean, obviously, I got to say it every week. We have the best wide receiver in the nation. Marvin Harrison Jr. is still on our offense, so it's going to be interesting going up against this Notre Dame team. It's game day, if I'm not mistaken, too, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Yep. Night game, seven thirty. Yep. First big game for the Buckeyes this year. Yeah. Are you guys taking the spread? Or are you guys leaning more on the Notre Dame side? Uh, here's the thing. Last week, iconic performance. However, we played Western Kentucky. The week prior, the second half was bummish. And then the week before that, and we can't blame it on both the quarterback situations because to my recollection, Kyle McCord played the whole first game. And they squeaked out a win that didn't look any bit of pleasing against Indiana. We're talking about Notre Dame here. Do I want to take the Buckeye spread and build on what I seen them do last week? Absolutely. But am I confident enough to do it? That's a different question. I really want to, but I think this is my test to see if we are serious this year. If we can get past Notre Dame, whether it's a squeak-by win or a definitive win, which is obviously what you would want to see. You would want to see them dominate. But this will be the test for me. If we can get past this game and overcome the first two weeks where everything wasn't what everyone thought it would be, which, let's be honest, the Buckeyes were used to that. Um, they always say that we're better than what we should be or that we, they say we're better than what we really are. So um, yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think I'm gonna take the three. I think if anything, I might stay away, but lean laying the three for Notre Dame. Yeah, as from sad a, as it is, from a narrative standpoint, this game is massive for Ohio State. Um, for Ryan Day to beat the big game failure allegations, this is huge. Um, for Ohio State as a team. They have three games really on the schedule this year. It's Notre Dame, it's Penn State, it's Michigan. Uh, I haven't seen anything from Michigan that inspires me really. Yeah, through they looked the garbage last week. Yeah, I'm uh, saying JJ McCarthy is not the answer, but but for Ohio State, I mean, like I said, three games. This is the first of the three. Uh, it's a road test, uh, but I'm assuming Buckeye fans travel well. South Bend's not that far from Columbus. Uh, Sam Hartman is a really good quarterback. I'd argue he's the better quarterback. Uh, I don't think I'd get a lot of pushback on that one. Um, but it, it's uh, for me, it's coming down to the defense. Who can stop these offenses? Because even with Kyle McCord and his struggles, you've said it. You got Marvin Harrison. You got Emeka Igbuka. You got six different guys in the backfield uh, in Henderson and Williams. 
uh, and train them that can just take the rock and go. Uh, so for me, I would also agree that I would take the points with Notre Dame, uh, but I really do think this is going to come down to the last possession. You guys did a great... <laughs> It's the and game, I don't know what else as to say. Good because as, as good as the slate is, uh, I think this is really one of the only games where the, the winner's up in the air. There's the, a lot of great games, but yeah. I think it's a lot of one-sided contests. And uh, and what, it really scares me, too, because our defense is really going to be tested. Yep. And it's not just because of Sam Hartman and what he can do throwing the football. I mean, looking at their running back, Audric Estime, I'm not too sure how to pronounce his name exactly. But he's a junior back, so he's been doing it for a couple of years. And he has over 100 yards in three of his four games. And in the one game he didn't, he had 95 rushing yards for six to carry. So, I mean, they're able to beat you in, mul in a multitude of ways. And, yes, you could say the same thing about Ohio State. But when we're talking about who's running the show for both sides of the offense, it's Sam Hartman versus Kyle McCord. And I think that's huge. It's something I've – I. Don't want to say, and I haven't said in over 10 years when talking about Ohio State quarterbacks, like we're the quarterback we are facing is better than the quarterback that Absolutely. we have on our team. 100%. And it's not it's not something that I love to say going into a game wanting to bet on Ohio State. So it makes sense for everyone wanting to lay the points. I now, will say that's huge that Kyle McCord isn't competing with Devin anymore. I think that's probably going to take a lot off his plate, take part of the monkey off his back that he's probably been feeling about taking over, you know, the God that was CJ Stroud last year. Um, so I think that's huge. I think that's going to boost him, give him a lot of confidence. It's kind of hard to gauge whether or not we seen that last week, because again, I don't have statistics in front of me to back it up, but I'm pretty sure Western Kentucky isn't very high in the 119. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've seen Kyle McCord do it before. So there's definitely a chance that he can do it again. It's just can he do it when it matters in the big game? And that's what I'm excited to see. I mean, it's huge for his draft stock, that's for sure. Same with Sam Hartman. I mean, yeah, they're both going to see the wrath of it from the result of this game. And I don't know. I, I There's nothing else I can do but wait. Absolutely. Honestly. I think we're all in the same boat on there. Yeah. How about, how about the rest of this slate, though? And I want to try and get this through this a little quicker because I want to talk about these, uh, you know, these QB prospects for this draft next year with these teams that are in need. Um, so I, I kind of just want to hear you guys' picks, and then if you want to give a reason why, I'm all for it. And it all starts with a team that I love, but, you know, they, I've started to question them a lot since their game last or last week against Boston College. Um, fourth in the nation right now, Florida State. Traveling to Clemson, who took a tough loss to your Dukies in week one. Um, the spread's only two and a half. I do not think that this Florida State team is that much of a shadow story that they are only worth two and a half points to a Clemson team that has not done shit. Pardon my French. But they literally have not done caca. <laughs> this year Dabo Sweeney is not looking like the smart Dabo Sweeney that everyone knows so absolutely not I think that is the most dumbest spread on this beautiful slate of games two and a half is a joke I will be hammering that through DraftKings or BetMGM just saying <laughs> how about you this is what I'd call a classic trap game, but I full-heartedly agree. I just don't see it as a trap <laughs> like like I've, wa I've watched Clemson play a full football game they're not Good. No, they're like, trash. They're and Florida State. 
you're going to have a bad day. Uh, they probably, quite honestly, overlooked Boston College because they knew they were traveling to Clemson this week. That's it's a, a good it's point. It's a thing that happens to a lot That's of a good teams. Point. But the big thing is they came out with the win. Clemson hasn't shown me anything to suggest they'll be good. Uh, Will Shipley is like a glorified 2020s version of Rex Burkhead. Yeah. Uh, and he's Clemson's best player. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it's a trap line, but it's one that I'm going to include in all of my bets on Saturday. Absolutely. And here's the other thing. Florida State has already shown us that they are worthy of a high ranking with what they did with LSU. Yep. Absolutely. Could be by the end of it. I know it's early. Could be in topic for game of the year in college football. It was a really, really entertaining game. I agree. I agree 100 percent with you guys. And I hate that we're doing a clean sweep with this one, but I'm taking Florida State and I'm taking them big, honestly. And I, I might go- even put an alternate spread in. I might. Yeah. Well, I might tease it up to like five and a half, maybe. I don't hate. I it. just. I just <laughs> can't I believe I that Clemson fans are still trying to believe that Cade Klubnik's that guy. You know, I know. I know the Trevor Lawrence. You know, losing him is. Extremely, extremely tough, but they have not been able to recover from that, and it's been a few years now. It's almost like Dabble can't win without an elite quarterback. Yeah, isn't that weird? Shocker. Deshaun Watson's and Trevor Lawrence's don't walk through the door every day. (laughs) I want to go right back to you because it's my favorite game of the week, honestly, outside of Ohio State Notre Dame, and it's 19th in the nation, Colorado, and the Buffaloes traveling to number 10 in the nation, Oregon, to take on the Mighty Ducks in Bo Nix. Bo Nix is having fun. The spread is twenty-one in this game, in favor of Oregon. Yeah. What, what do you What do you like in this game? Because I've been hopping on Colorado on year and all year, and I think I'm going to stay with it. Yeah, if I'm taking a line, I'm taking the points. I mean, three touchdowns is a lot for a ranked team, uh, but I do think this is where Colorado takes the first loss. Uh, they looked very bad against Colorado State. Colorado State is not a good team. They've got some good players. Uh, their tight end could be an NFL draft pick for sure, uh, but. You lose Travis Hunter for multiple games. That's going to suck. You're going into Eugene on the road. True road game in the conference. How do they respond? Uh, Shadur's looked fantastic, but their defense is just so leaky that I just can't say that they're going to win this game with any confidence. Uh, They can stay in it. We've seen it. Their offense is really electric, but losing Travis Hunter on an already weak defense is just not the recipe for success. So I would take the points, but I think Oregon's going to win this game pretty comfortably. I I tend to agree. Um, that is a really big spread, and their offense is super-duper electric. But if I could give a comparison, this Colorado team reminds me a lot of so many consecutive Colts teams back in the day before the days of Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis, all the – defensive name staples that put them over that next level to get them to win that ring. Their offense was always killer. Peyton Manning, they always had one, if not the two best receivers in the league for a stretch of time. Dallas Clark, very underrated tight end. But the defense lost them a lot of games throughout those seasons, and it couldn't push them past that hump. Colorado's defense looks so bad. I mean (laughs) – so bad. They couldn't stop boiling water from burning at this point. We're talking about Oregon here. We're not talking about some unproven TCU team that's only good every five you know, years. This is Oregon. They have an established football program. They have kids that want to go to Oregon to be a part of that. 21's a lot, but I'm probably going to stay away, though it wouldn't shock me if Colorado gives them up. I'm going to stick with Colorado spread. I agree that their defense is blasphemy. It's next level to bad. 
it's horrendous. I mean, when you're looking like that against Colorado State, there's an issue. Um, but I still think their offense is going to give up a big fight. I still believe Shador Sanders is going to throw for 400 yards. Um, yeah. And I think I think it's a very high-scoring game. If Colorado upsets a team, it's going to be this week because next week you got USC and you're still without Travis Hunter. Yep. If it's going to be a team, it's going to be now. And you could make the same argument about what you said uh, just recently. They could have been looking ahead. You know, As much as you want to say no chance primetime would do that, yeah. it's very possible they could have been looking ahead and preparing I for agree. this Oregon game. So I'm definitely going to take this Colorado spread. I believe in Shador too much. Um, but it's going to be an exciting game. I think it's going to be much more competitive than what the 21-point spread says. I'm old enough to remember when Bo Nix was a freshman. <laughs> I think I was like 17. How about... Uh, That's a long well, time ago. I will say, I am thinking about taking maybe a half unit and putting it on the over for this game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. Yeah, Oregon's offense that. is I Oregon's offense, and Shador is a freak. That's just what it is. He's got the DNA of Dion Primetime Sanders. So I I think it's easy. Like I haven't looked at it yet, but I'm assuming it's gonna be somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe sixty five, sixty six and a half, somewhere around there. I think I'd take that all day. ESPN's got it at seventy and a half. Even I'm I, that. I I'd still take it. I'm taking yeah, that. I don't hate it. How about uh fifteen in the nation, Ole Miss traveling over to Bama to take on uh the Crimson Tide down south spreads in spreads at seven in favor of Bama. I mean, I, wa- I want to say that, like, you know, that one loss from Bama isn't going to continue to happen. But we've seen Bama kind of fall over a little bit um, over these uh, last couple seasons. They've kind of been tumbling on themselves. Um, yeah. And then it kind of happened again last week with the, with the switch they made at quarterback. Did not work at all. Um, they're going to go back to Jalen Milrow this week, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think they, they should have made If they the don't, that'll be the dumbest decision I've ever seen Nick Saban make. And I, I think they bounce back against this um, good Ole Miss team, honestly. It's a great SEC matchup. Um, it's Is it under the lights? I'm not too sure what uh, time 3.30. It's yeah. So it's a 3.30 game, but it's still going to be super exciting. It's going to be super competitive. I don't see uh, Bama blowing another home game. Yeah, um, I'm not going to give too much analysis so we can keep moving through. Uh, I'm going to take Ole Miss with the points and sprinkle a little bit on the money line. Haven't seen one thing from Alabama yet that inspires me. Okay. I watched that whole South Florida game, which was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> Three but, and a half hours, you can't get back. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Jalen Miller was all right. Uh, Jackson Dart's way better. Ole Miss offense has the ability to win in a shootout. Uh, which is what I think it would need to be for them to get the win. But if you're laying me a touchdown for the much better offense, uh, I'm going to take it. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people, including the the sports books, were almost programmed to assume that Alabama will just figure out whenever they have a problem. I think this is the first time in a very, very long time that it looks like they don't have a solution to the problem they have. Mississippi looks good. I mean, they really, really, really look good. Um, to me, it's a toss-up game. Nick Saban is Nick Saban. Obviously, he's who he is for a reason, so you can't count him out. I guess I'll run with Nick Saban and take the seven, but it's not confident, and none of my hard-earned money will be on this game. You guys said it perfectly. Now let, let's run through these next few, and I just want to see what you think, if any of these you know, potential upsets can happen. Um, but before those, I got to ask, you know, 14 in the nation, Oregon State traveling to 21 in the nation, Washington State spreads three. Who you guys like in that game? Wazoo. Yeah, I agree. Hands down. They beat the snot out of Luke Fickle in Wisconsin. Uh, I, and they're at home. I like it. 
Oregon State looks good so far, but I don't think still don't believe in yeah. DJ uh, Uyungale. I think that's the only reason why I'm going with Washington State because I, I still don't have the belief in DJ. Yeah. Um. So I'm right there with you guys. I'm laying the points. I'm laying money line if possible. Yep. Arkansas is traveling to LSU this week. Spread seventeen and a half. Is there an upset happening in that game, or is you think LSU safe? No. Nope. Uh, KJ Jefferson been in the news, not for the right reasons. Uh, <laughs> but LSU. Little bit of drama. Leave yeah. It Malik Neighbors and uh, Jaden Daniels, they're on the same page right now. And Arkansas does that. not have the defense to stop that. How about three Texas uh, traveling to Baylor? Um, Baylor's getting 15 points in this game. Texas didn't look as good as everyone thought they would last week. And that makes me a little worrisome. Um, the fact that. It should tell you right there, the number three team in the land, they're only getting 15 against an unranked team that don't typically have a good football program. That should tell you all you need to know right there. Um, and I think maybe it's a bounce back week, so I am going to go ahead and roll with Texas, and I think they get the 15. Yeah, I don't think Baylor's going to win this game. Uh, if you would have asked me last week at this time who would win the national championship, I would have gone with Texas. Uh, yeah. But you're right, they didn't look very good last week. But, you know. Water finds its level. They'll be back to what they are. Baylor lost two just horrific games to start the season. They're not yeah. very good. So uh, I'm right there with yeah. you guys. I think uh, I think Baylor will give them a little stun early in the first quarter. But I think, uh, uh, like you said, I think Texas uh, figures it out and yeah. uh, ends up dominating. Yep. Honestly, in the second half. Uh, last game. How about 24 Iowa at seven Penn State? I think it's a bigger game than people think. Honestly, spreads at 15. Does Iowa have a chance? No. I don't think they have a chance in hell of winning the game, but I might put a quarter of a unit on the 15, maybe see Interesting. if the, the spread alternates a little bit, um, just because I'm not that much of a believer in Penn State. I haven't seen anything to make me believe that all the hype is what it's about. And Iowa, the hell with it. I'll go ahead and take the Hawkeyes plus the 15. I think it. I think it's going to be a tight game early, just like the last game I said before, and that's just because it's a big conference game. But I, I hate to say, it, as a Buckeye fan, I'm a believer in Drew Aller this year. Um, I think he's a next level quarterback that Penn State has not had in a long time, and I'm a big believer in James Franklin as well. I mean, he's a great head coach that flies under the radar um, more often times than not. They've they haven't had some best years here in the past, but I think they finally got that quarterback that you know. Maybe maybe gets them in the Big Ten Championship game this year for the first time in a few years. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, that's why you got a lot of football left to play. Exactly. You can see it. Exactly. To finish off the show, we got to talk about it. This is arguably the best quarterback draft class that I have ever seen, honestly, um, leading up to an NFL draft and just watching these guys play football at the start of the season. Um, so I want to do a little draft, um, not get into it too much but just curious what you guys think and who you guys would take over another just because there's so many and we can do two rounds if it gets tight and we want to move it to a third i'm very okay with that and another thing i'd be very okay with would be just leaving caleb williams off the list to make it a little more interesting yeah it's fair i i mean i think if either one of us didn't pick caleb williams first then some the other two should probably get that person to the hospital <laughs> yeah, yeah probably. 100%. <laughs> i think that's I mean, fair i mean just caleb williams scale is just off the charts i mean all, all you have to do is watch 10 minutes of trojan football yeah. and you will see exactly what we're seeing this guy's going to be the real deal in the nfl i'm a true believer in that. he's the next big thing for sure 
So me, me at first, I know I'm kind of giving myself the easy route a little bit, but just because you know I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sold on everybody, and if I had to take a for sure guy to start my franchise, it'd be it'd be Drake May from North Carolina, and that, I mean I you're giving me a look right now, you're giving me a look, but I really <laughs> I I think. I think this guy just knows how to play the game of football and he has the athletic ability that kind of goes under the radar a little bit. His ability to run the football is very, very good. And his arm talent is just as good as anybody else's in college football. He can throw it probably 65 yards easily, just slinging it, sitting there in the backfield. And then, I mean, I've kind of been a fan. I I know he doesn't have the best team, so it's kind of hard to say this, but I'm I'm a fan of just how he goes through his reads and keeps his eyes downfield. He's not a man that just... You know, he's looking at his first read, maybe getting to his second, and then scrambling off and doing what he can with it. He he keeps his eyes downfield. He trusts on it in his offensive line. I'm sold on him. I I would take him first, honestly. I think it's a good pick. Um, I hope I'm not beating him to it because I'm going to feel really bad if I am. Uh, but I'm going to take Riley Leonard. I think he would love it. Number two, personally, I think I love he it. would really adapt well to the NFL style of play nowadays. I think there's no reason to believe why he wouldn't. All the quarterbacks that came out last year, so many question marks. I mean, and and if you had to t- say, I guess Anthony Richardson so far is shown the most promise out of any of them, and that's not saying a lot. So, I think this year is so overstacked. But I think there is also a couple of overrated names in there that I would not even think of giving the time of day. But Leonard looks like to be the real deal. Um, he's patient. He's got a good arm. He's got good accuracy. He's got some decent weapons around him to make it go along. Um, and he's got confidence. It's the biggest thing you need is in the quarterback spot is confidence, especially in the NFL. This is the best of the best of the best. Riley Leonard, you're my guy. Did he take your pick? Or? Oh, I would have taken Riley for wow. sure. But, but <laughs> no, but trust me, I, I much prefer him going second overall <laughs> yeah. in this thing. So you're not going to hear anything from me. Uh, yeah, for me, I, you know, looking at a list of guys, there's two guys that stick off for me. First, Michael Penix Jr. out of Washington. Uh, he's, he's a weird one for me because when he was at IU, I just really was like, I think it's a flash in the pan thing. And then he, then he comes back after his injury, didn't look great. And then last year he really started to ramp up towards the end of the year. And so far this year, he's looking really good for me. It's all about the physical traits. He's six three two fifteen. He has that athletic ability that both May and Riley Leonard have in the ability to run, and his arm power is just really, really good. And in yeah. the NFL, you need that. I just think he has the ability to, if he's put in the right situation, to be in there and be a guy who can make throws. Uh, we've seen it with C.J. Stroud. Like C.J. Stroud for the Texans has been asked to throw the ball all over the yard. He's really done it. When you're going to go into a bad team, you're going to be asked to do that. I think Michael Penix could do that, play pretty well early on. Uh, and then for my second guy... Maybe I'm buying into the hype, but I'm going to go Shadur. Okay. I got to go Shadur. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, he's he's not going to be a top 10 guy, I don't think. But, you know, he's right now is my Heisman front runner. Uh, he's played really good. His feet stay calm in the pocket, which is a big thing when it comes to quarterbacks. He goes through his reads. He spreads the ball around. He's got a lot of talented receivers at Colorado. They're all sharing the wealth over there. He's 6'2". He's mentored by Tom Brady, you <laughs> yeah. know. He's he's got the swagger to him too. That if you're an NFL quarterback, you need confidence. He's got the swagger. 
with the rolly with the glasses. It's Brady <laughs> mode. Like you need a little bit of swagger. Uh, if I'm someone who's evaluating a quarterback, I want that out of my QB. That confidence to you know walk in a room and take it over, be a leader. And I, I think he's got that from his dad. And just from a football perspective, he's looked really good. Uh, who knows if he'll even go this year? He might come back. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he would be my second guy. I think. I honestly love that pick, but I'm yeah. curious. Who, I'm curious if you're going to take my guy or not. Uh, I'm going to go with Quinn. Oh, you stole him! You stole I'm gonna, him! I'm I don't go. With I don't Quinn. hate that pick at all. <laughs> um, you, stole him. you know, I think he out of who's let. First of all, I think JJ McCarthy is the most overrated option. And I think ESPN has him listed as third best prospect, which is ridiculous. It's silly. Um, It would be between him and Penix Jr. I agree with you guys in the lines of Penix Jr. Um, I like someone who is able to show you that they can overcome adversity, whether it be physical, mental, or a bit of both. And I think he has definitely exhibited that with coming back from that injury and really taking – Washington to another level, um, and I think he can continue to do it. But I just believe fitting with the NFL style, that's my big thing, is the NFL, you have to be a certain type of quarterback. And I think Quinn would fit in just a little bit more than Penix Jr. would. So I'm going to leave the floor to you for you to figure out who you're going to take since I stole your boy. I know who I'm taking, and I may be reaching a little bit because there are some guys who are very promising. But I mean, I'm going to go with Jordan Travis out of Florida State. Ooh, like, I, hate it. I just, oh, yeah. re- I really like what I see out of him as a true quarterback. He can do everything for you. Just his ability to find his weapons, because a lot of things that I hate in the NFL is not being able to get it to your key, to your key weapons. And I think Jordan Travis does a fantastic job of doing that. Granted, the one thing I don't like about him, he's only six one. But we're down the list a little bit, and I got to go with my gut a little bit. And I've seen what Jordan Travis can do as a true quarterback sitting in the pocket, and you can see what he can do when he's creating plays for himself. I'm going with Jordan Travis with my second pick. With my third pick is where I really get stumped, and I don't just want to go with this guy just because you know he's still here. But I'm gonna do it, and I, th- I think it's Bo Nix just just because. He fits the he fits the style of an NFL quarterback so well, and he's been doing it for so long that I know a lot of people give hate on these older guys. You got to you got to respect it at some point. You got to respect the game. And his I re, I'm a big fan of his accuracy. I'm a big fan of the way he throws the ball. And no, he's not like I mean I don't see him as a big pronounced runner. I mean his forty time is a four seven five from last I saw. But he's but he's naturally able to, he's able to sit though. in the pocket and throw the football, and that's all I can ask from a quarterback. And I. At this point, after all these guys go, I probably wouldn't reach on anyone else. Um, but that's just me. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think he's naturally athletic enough. Um, for instance, Aaron Rodgers, not fast by any stretch of the imagination, but he's always been a good mobile quarterback because between his instincts and his athleticism, he can mold them together to get out of things that he needs to get out of when needed to be gotten out of. Um, so, I mean, I don't hate that pick. I think this is one that I am more going with my gut feeling on, but I think I'm going to take Spencer Rattler. Okay. Uh, the Gamecock, he has been serviceable, even more than serviceable in my opinion. Um, I think he's still got some building blocks that he needs to to put together and put on top of his tower, but I think I have a little bit of confidence in him. 
you know, the university, sometimes the culture of a university carries bigger weight than what one might think. And South Carolina has always had a good culture. So I think that maybe that positiveness of the South Carolina way might uh, continue to get him to flourish and get better and better and better. I'm kind of regretting my pick, but I feel like you're about to take him anyways, Crop. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, my Mr. Mr. Irrelevant um, for the draft, I guess. Uh, I'm going to go with the first group of five quarterback. I'm going to take Michael Pratt from Tulane. Okay. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, I almost did a homer pick just I for don't, fun. No, and no, go no, Kurt I don't. Rourke, uh, <laughs> for the Bobcats, but no, Michael I Pratt, don't. you know, he's missed a couple games due to injury this year, but he looked really, really good last year, helped Tulane get all the way to a New Year's Six Bowl. Looking like it may be the same thing this year for the Green Wave. He just looks like he has some poise. He makes good decisions, which as a quarterback is the n- number one trait you can have. Uh, and he's not going to be a guy who's going to fly off the board in the early rounds. At best, he would be a late day two pick, probably day three. But he's definitely someone that you know could have a Sam Howell type I don't thing that where he's all. a late round pick and eventually, you know, depending on the circumstances, becomes the guy at some point. I think he's got more promise than Sam Howe, <clears throat> in just my opinion. I love I love that pick, honestly. Who did you think I mean, some was pe- going with? I thought you were going with Jaden Daniels. Yeah, he honestly. definitely deserves a look. But. He and that's where that's why I feel like to end the show, we should probably mention a couple honorable mention players. Yeah. Um and if you had to name a couple, give a couple honorable mention, who would you go with? Uh I don't think he's very good, but physically, KJ Jefferson, I think, deserves oh, wow. you know, a little bit of a look. Uh just because he's so physical, he can run the ball. Yeah. You can't teach physicality. It's the same reason Will Levis went as high as he did in the draft. You just can't teach those yeah. physical traits. My Homer status, I'm gonna give a shout out to the number one CFL draft prospect in Kurt Rourke. Uh <laughs> I was waiting for that. He's, man. he's I was been playing he that. played so good last year. Uh he's a good he, build. He got for banged it up too. again this year, but man, you know, his brother had that crazy play in the preseason for the Jags. Yeah. I think he he could find himself onto an NFL roster at some point. So, you know, I'll shout out my boy Kurt. You got you got any honorable mentions you want to give Matt or uh, you're happy with your picks? I mean, I, I definitely think I'm happy with my pick. I mean, I guess just for shits and giggles, I'm going to put it out there just because I hope he continues to get better and better. Why not? Kyle McCord, let's throw him out there. Okay. Give him a little shout out and hope maybe he hears this and it makes him even more driven to continue to get better this season. I mean, that's obviously the first thing I want as a Buckeye fan, but I just, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big fan of like, I don't know. I feel like Jalen Daniels from Kansas goes under the radar a little bit. I mean, his accuracy, I also think is off the chain and he's able to I think he's actually one of the most statistically accurate quarterbacks so far in the first few weeks of the season. And then I also really like Tyler Van Dyke from, um, from Miami. U. Honestly, I mean, he's the perfect type of build you want at a quarterback six, four, um, two So he's not too big and his arm talent is just off the chain. And then to go in for all my picks, I don't know if you've been able to tell, I like guys that are able to sit in the pocket or sit in the pocket and deliver the football because the most frustrating thing ever is when your leader of your football team can't rally the troops, can't lead the charge. And I, I, I think Tyler Van Dyke, like you were saying with uh, Michael Pratt, I think he's a day two guy, a late day two guy. But I think if you're trying to go for a nice backup, go for a guy that has some potential, I think he's a great option. Similar to like Aiden O'Connell in the sense of like he <laughs> yeah. went day two, day three, looking yeah. pretty good in the preseason. Yeah, I, I like th- that pick. I think he's definitely one of those quarterbacks that if you put him behind the right starter to learn from, 
it will only like for instance Jordan Love. It, granted, it's only a couple of weeks, but he's looked like he has definitely learned a lot sitting beside a Rod all that time. So you throw him behind yep. someone that's good enough and that has that connection with someone to be able to mold and make people understand it the way that they need to in order to get it. He 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 screams that to me. Yep. So some guys that are pretty high on these player rankings that I see on this NFL draft buzz that we did not name, not even an honorable mention, um, you know, guys like J.J. McCarthy, guys like, I mean, I guess I guess you mentioned K.J. Jefferson. He reminds so me of Vince Young. Am yeah. I crazy for thinking <laughs> no, that? K.J. Jefferson reminds me exactly of Vince Young. Maybe not as far as throwing the football exactly like Vince Young, but just the build and his ability to move and the fluidity that he moves in and out of the pocket I don't think it's crazy. I mean, I think it's crazy, but I don't think it's crazy. Yeah, you know? yeah because, I get what you're saying. Because comparing a guy to like that, you kind of like, but it, it understands. Yeah. It makes sense why you wanna why you wanna make a comparison like that. And we'll see. Maybe he could end up being one of those sleeper guys that ends up being a freak show in the NFL. Could but be. I don't know. Any any other last words you guys want to say before uh, we sign off for this? Yeah. One year so I think it'd be cool to, um, since this is the one year anniversary show, maybe take a quick little time to kind of wrap up the year, um, not only in the last year of sports that we've all been watching, but just the last year in the time frame of Lance's House of Sports. Um, <laughs> so I think maybe each one of us, should, to round it out, should maybe give your most shocking and wowing moment from the last year since the first episode dropped. <sighs> There's so many. I mean, yeah, there's a lot. That's crazy. It's tough because I, I always want to pick obviously, one that... Obviously, there's no wrong answers. Is, obviously, I always want to pick one that's true to my heart, you know, and it's a team that I love. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give two, and it may not make much sense, and it may not be a ton of hype. The first one, it's twofold, and it's both with the Minnesota Vikings. The first one was that um, 30-something point comeback that they had against the Indianapolis Colts over yeah. overseas. Yeah. Um, that was one of that the was most gnarly. unbelievable that comebacks that, that I've ever seen. Yeah. It's just like I've never seen – first of all, I've never seen a team fold over like that. And second of all, I've never seen a team look the complete opposite of how they looked in the first half compared to the second half and even enough to come back and win the game. It was just completely bizarre. And then another one would be that Justin Jefferson catch against the Bills. Against the Bills, yeah. that was the catch of the year, in my opinion. It when I saw a catch like that from him, it solidified for me that this guy is not just the best receiver in the league right now. I think he's going to be the best of this generation that's been in the NFL for the last few years. I think he's just going to stick with that for who knows how long he plays football. But then I also I also got to bring it up just because it's huge news to me, and I always got to find a way to talk about him in the one-year anniversary. <laughs> but it's the addition of Christoph Porzingis in Boston. I mean, I mean, yes. Trust me. The unicorn. I would, trust me. Trust me. Trust me. I was sitting in my room pouting for two weeks when I saw the text at 1230 in the morning finding out that it was not, in fact, for Malcolm Brogdon and that it was, in fact, for my truthful captain brother, Marcus Smart, we are going to miss his duty so much. And it's crazy how he's finally getting this hype now that he's traded off the Celtics. Like, I feel like all people ever did was kind of just hate on his game more than boost his game. I think he's going to be a huge well, he piece. he wasn't the superstar. I think he's going to be a huge piece of the Memphis Grizzlies team. Hopefully they can keep Steven Adams healthy come going into playoff time because that Grizzlies team is not the same without him, in my opinion. But going back to my boys, the Celtics, I mean – I honestly think we're the scariest team in the league outside us and the Denver Nuggets with Nick, like one, just cause Nikola Jokic is just, 
He's a one of a kind type player. You'll never see a guy like him again. A seven foot, um, who knows how heavy that man is, but he's heavy. Um, sh- still playing with patience and playing at his pace, it's unbelievable. But then you add uh, growing Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they're only getting better. Um, and then to add to that, you bring in Christos Porzingis, who not a lot of people had a lot of love for him. Yes, he averaged twenty, but okay, it was on a uh, it was on a Washington Wizards team who was you know all they were doing was losing most of the time. But when you add a seven three player that can he fits your system perfectly. He's a he can play two sides. His ability to defend the rim is exactly what we needed. Another piece that we'd love to have. He could almost and play we can, one through five. I wouldn't say one through five. I don't want him uh, handling the ball for us. At least, but a we can. He's a guy we can play at the four or at the five. I mean, we're at the point Al Horford's getting a little older. We don't know how much we're going to want to use him. As much as I love Rob Williams and him being on the floor for forty-eight minutes, it feels possible. I don't think that man's ever going to be able to do it with his injury history. Yeah, um, he's pretty brittle. I just, I think it's a perfect addition for this team, and I'm really hoping it can bring us over the edge. I'm really hoping. I don't know if you guys have been seeing, but Jalen and JT have been training together this offseason, and everyone always well, questioning, better. like, why they aren't gave- they training together? They're training together. They're in the facility early. It's not training camp yet, yet they're in Boston. They're back at home, and they're training at home. And that's everything that I want to see. To cap it off, I want to hear your guys' takes to finish the show. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in the same week when they're posting on social media that they're going for all defensive first team, there's nothing I love more because I'm a man that is defense first and as good as their offense is, I know I'm not going to bring up the left hand from Jalen Brown. I think he's going to be fine. It's everything I want to see. And if our defense is spectacular at the ways that it was with Aime Udoka, I think we have a great chance to win it all. I think that's my favorite thing about (laughs) being such good friends with Lance is his belief (laughs) in the teams. It's gonna happen one of these times. I'm telling you, we're due. We're due, man. And he sells you a ketchup popsicle, and you got on white gloves. And somehow, some way, he makes you feel like it's possible. And if you don't believe in Derek White as a facilitator, you don't know basketball. Oh, Derek White, everything about this man's him is gonna dope. fit the role perfect. Everything about him is dope, except his hairline. That's kind of wild. <laughs> I hope he's it bald works now. Out he's <laughs> you guys paid Jalen Brown a lot of money. Yeah, yeah you're right. That's about why that. I said they better both be training together. They need to get on the same page because now it's both of their teams. Yeah. Um, I'm actually gonna kind of piggyback off of it. Um, since you picked a couple, I think I'll go ahead and, and pick the two that I was bouncing back and forth between. And it's somewhat similar, at least in, in um, the style and or the team. Number one is the 27-point lead that the Chargers blew in the playoffs Oof. last year. Yeah. That, That's right in, per- in That Cam's was ridiculous. Script. Jacksonville, don't get me wrong, formidable opponent, obviously. Nothing bad to say about them. But, man, that's a 27-point lead in the playoffs you worked your ass off all season long and now you're finally there at the ladder to climb up to the last game of the season and you just completely blow chunks it was embarrassing it was ridiculous and at least the minnesota game you referred to earlier was entertaining that jacksonville and chargers game was not entertaining in any bit shape or form from from both sides um, it was just ugly, and the way the game was going at the end, you just knew it was inevitable. Um, you know, not to piss you off, man. No, no bad shade thrown against Shit. Boston. No bad shade thrown <laughs> against Boston. I thought it was really, really cool for Spolstra to make another dope ass run last year. 
Jimmy Buckets came and just came through on the back with Bam Adebayo, uh, looking really, really good. Um, you know, obviously you guys clearly had the more talented team. If you look wow, at it on paper. I appreciate that. On paper, statistically, even logically, you guys <laughs> clearly had the more talented team. But they caught fire right at the right time. And they've always said Eric Spolstra is one of the smartest coaches to ever grace the wonderful world of the NBA. And it was really cool to see it happen. And I got to also give you guys props. You battled back and made it to a game seven. Yeah, That was one of the most epic series that I've ever watched in the NBA since I was a kid. Like it was the only one that I would put above it is the Spurs and the Lakers when Derek Fisher hit that fadeaway jumper in <laughs> 18 foot. And that's only because I'm a Spurs fan. And it really kind of made me cry. But don't don't judge me. I was like 11 at that time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so those would be those my Those are good two. ones. They're those good ones. Those would be my two. Uh, Cam, you get yours, but I just got to say, Eric Sposher and his boys in Miami got lucky that on the first possession of the game in game seven, Jason Tatum uh, sprained his ankle. And, yes, he still played through it, but imagine if that boy was healthy with their hot riding Celtics after Derek White hit that game-winning layup. Oh, my. Well, what could have been? I could have sworn he still been, had bro. a pitiful performance in in game five after you guys already yeah, yeah, got yeah, your yeah. momentum. Yeah, yeah. But that's neither here nor <laughs> okay. there. Okay, okay. I mean, yeah. it's okay. I gave your Celtics credit and, and showered them with flowers. You did, you, you did, and you I still appreciate low key that. kind of shit on Spolster, but it's all right. I can't help it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. The Heat are my biggest enemies right now in the Eastern Conference. It's them and it's the Bucks. Philadelphia, we own them. So, I mean, yeah, it's always going to be a competitive series, but until I see us lose to them, which I have never seen as a Celtics fan. What about yours, Crawford? Yeah, so mine probably, I'm going to stick with the NBA. I would say the biggest moment last year is probably LeBron breaking the scoring record. Yeah. Just for oh, me, yeah. like, that's a great one. even cross my that's mind. A great How one. did that being not cross a, my being mind? Being a kid who grew up in LeBron's era, like watching LeBron being from Ohio, not even like a Cavs fan, but just respecting LeBron. Like, LeBron is my GOAT because that's who I grew up watching. Like, he is to me the greatest player to ever play basketball. So, so to see him literally be the biggest point scorer in NBA history, to break a record that has stood since Kareem played all those years ago, is just a crazy thing to see. The photo of Thomas Bryant calling for the ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. wide open underneath. He's a, he's a perfect seal. Yeah, a perfect yeah. seal. Yeah. Like, Thomas <laughs> Bryant of all people. He's but like, nah, it's time for me to drain it. Now. That's a great one. Yeah, honestly, that's no, a great that's one. Just, that's just a moment where it's like. You've and I've never seen a game a just stop like that. Yeah. Like, and you probably won't. Yeah, like, you'll yeah. probably never see it again. Like, uh, the only thing I could compare was when Drew Brees broke the passing yards record. They stopped that yeah. game on Monday but Night Football. But that was only but, for like a few Yeah, minutes. it was only for a couple They had minutes. a whole this, ceremony this was when a, Brown yeah, broke the record. Yeah, this was a spectacle. Yeah. Uh, it's something that's not going to happen again and maybe in my lifetime ever. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, it was, that was probably the biggest. Yeah, and it was long. I mean, I don't, I don't really blame O-K-C, or OKC for kind of being pissed. Um, I mean, some of the players were obviously supportive because, just like you, they grew up in the era of LeBron, so they wanted him to have his flowers. Um, but they were also fighting to get into the playoffs at that time. They needed that win and to slow them down when they. And if you remember the details of that game, they were down early, like ten to twelve points, I think. And then OKC started to gain momentum and slowly come back. As it's tying, going back and forth, tied up, going back and forth, LeBron drains the bucket, 
Yeah. Game stops for 35, 45 minutes, <laughs> and OKC comes back out and doesn't have any bit of... They, did they end up winning fired. that game? No, they I didn't think even they have did. an ember yeah. of what they had before the game stopped. Yeah. yeah. But I, still, it was it was really epic. It would have made it even more perfect if the Lakers were able to win that game, but I, I'm sure they were banged up too. And The only thing Thunder that I it, wish yes. is I, I wish the record got broken in a little bit more of a cooler way. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even an intense fadeaway. Yeah. You know, whether it be like a buzzer beater. It was an automatic shot. He's like, it all right, I'm, getting, LeBron, the, it was I'm getting the record. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, it was a LeBron move. But <laughs> as, as a fan, I, I just think it would it would have been cooler to see it in a little bit more epic way. Like maybe one of his old school tomahawk oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He got famous for it. A, a pick six to yeah, the house. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Blake Griffin stole all those years later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But shout outs to LeBron. I think Cam's right. Uh you know, ours were obviously good too, but I think that's probably nothing tops the biggest that. One. Yeah, congrats, LeBron, LeBron the goat. <laughs> As we head off the show, you know, heading off right now. I, mean, I don't see how you answer. can't say that he is. <laughs> now, I'll say this: obviously, I'm a little more older than you guys. I'm 33, so I did get to watch MJ, but I didn't get to watch MJ in his prime. I've seen clips, I've studied him from his prime, but I wasn't in the culture of the NBA basketball league at that time. Yeah, I've been with LeBron his whole stint, and the way that he has transfixed the NBA when he came into the league three, four years later, the whole league revolved around LeBron and how he was affecting the league. I don't give a damn what no one says. LeBron is a whole different phenom, and I don't know how you can't give him the, the GOAT, but there's not a wrong answer. There's, if there's not, an yep. A1 yeah. and an A2, yep. that's it. I think that's a perfect way to leave it yeah. because there's One no better way to finish a podcast than talk about the biggest sports debate of all time, <laughs> arguably with Tom, or <laughs> I was about to talk about Tom Brady, <laughs> but with LeBron James and Michael Jordan. You said it perfect, and that's where I'm going to leave it. Give your shout out before he gets pissed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just want to shout out Mohamed Abbasido, general manager from Giamarco's. Uh, we love you. Appreciate you for giving me the night off so I can do this one-year episode. Um, Giamarco's, guys, if you guys want to stop in, bomb-ass Italian food, bomb-ass service, 6030 Chandler Court in Westerville on State Route 3, right across from the UDF. Come in and say hi. Uh, ask for me and Lance, Mo, whoever you want, just to let us know that you're listening to that you're fans. All right. Thanks for coming in. Hey. Thanks for coming in, Krav. This is a great collab man. we had with, ben, uh, with the Bench Press uh, and Lance House Sports. Yeah. Hopefully, we can pick that up another day here soon. Been yeah. looking forward to it. But thanks for it tuning in, guys. I like yeah, yeah. <laughs> appreciate it. Good to you. But well. was, I miss Ben. But like the energy that you bring <laughs> is like there. It was and spunky. I think it was a great uh, one-year anniversary episode. I can ask for anything better. Thanks yep. for coming on the show, guys. We Thank miss you. you. With, that, with that being said, I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in.